I have one. Joe, John 6. And it's 51 through 57. I love that. The one who knows me best is the one who loves me most. <laughs> you can never not be loved because God loves us so much. <clears throat> okay, ready? Let's uh, stand in honor of God's word and stretch. <laughs> ready? Here we go. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> It's all right. Just sit down. All right. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. Amen. You can be seated. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life. And I will raise them up on the last day. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life. And I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Amen. So my question to you this morning is, have you ever taken communion Koinonia. Have you ever taken communion and felt like it was a tradition? Raise your hand. Yeah, it, it, I did. Most of my life. Like, I can so remember being 
in Baptist church. And when you were in Baptist church, you couldn't take communion until you were 12. <laughs> Did you, was that the same for you, Joe? Yeah, you couldn't take it till you were 12 because they wanted you to know how serious it was. <laughs> and um, regardless of the fact that the Lord told us we have to become like little children to enter the kingdom of God. We should have given the 12 and under communion and the adults should have waited <laughs> until they could become like that child, right? But we, you know, I thought of it like it was a tradition, um, a religious act, a requirement. And I think mostly... Uh, something we did to say thank you Jesus thank you for the cross thank you for your sacrifice and we close our eyes I, I remember just like taking the blood and the body in my hand and just closing my eyes and praying and just like Lord help me to and I would try to picture Jesus on the cross right and, and so I could stir up my emotions. And I could be, if I stirred up my emotions, maybe I would be faithful enough. Maybe I could stir up my faith. And I could really experience the, the emotions of Jesus giving his life. And be thankful. And I don't think that was bad. I don't think it was bad. But it's not the point. It's not what Jesus meant it to be. Jesus did not want us to have communion as a tradition, a religious act. He didn't want that. You know why he wanted it? Because he said, if you don't eat my body, if you don't eat my flesh, I can't raise you on the last day. That's what he said. Communion isn't a tradition. It's part of our salvation. He said we had to do it so he could raise us on the last day. He said that. Don't question me. He said that. He said those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them on the last day. Amen. Now, here's the thing. When he gave that message, and we've talked about it, many of his followers left. And like I said, they thought he was some kind of crazy man, a vampire, a zombie, that kind of thing. They're like, we're out of here, right? But then, so you know what? I think that Jesus was preparing. He was preparing because he knew, he knew what was coming. He knew that even though there was a humongous crowd around him, that many in that crowd would leave, and many in that crowd would actually cry, crucify him. But he later revealed 
The night before his betrayal, he revealed to his disciples what it meant. He revealed to them the secret. He said he took the bread, right? He took the bread and he said, this is my body. And he took the wine and he said, this is my blood. This is how you will partake. This is what you will do to partake of me. For me to come into you, for me to dwell with you. Communion is not a religious act. It's not a tradition. It is a commandment from Jesus. And he says, if we don't do it, and if we don't, if we don't believe it, if we don't understand it, if we treat it like a tradition, what does that mean? What does that mean we do to Jesus? He says, do it and believe it. Like that scripture said, my body is real food and my blood is real drink, right? He later revealed to his disciples the night before he gave his life over to the soldiers to be crucified. He revealed to them at this point how to partake, how to participate, how to practice, and how to obey by eating his body and drinking his blood. And then he sent them out, right? He gave them the great commission, the gospel, to spread the good news. Forgiveness of sin had been granted by the body and the blood of Jesus. That's what communion is, guys. Communion is the gospel. Communion is the gospel. He gave his body, his blood, so that we can receive forgiveness of sin. The Jews understood this more than we do today because we don't have sacrifices. We don't raise sheep so that we can raise that pure and spotless lamb so it can be given in sacrifice for our sins. But the Jews did that. They did that constantly. That's what their whole, their church service wasn't about three songs and a sermon, right? That's what we do, three songs and a sermon. Let's go on our way and have a good time. Covered by grace. <laughs> no, they had, their services were all about sacrifice. They took that lamb and they cut its throat and shed its blood on the altar of sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin. But Jesus was the pure and spotless lamb. And Lord, help us in America. Help us in America to get this. Help us in America by faith to receive it. Because if we treat communion like it's just another religious thing. Oh, give me the cup. Give me the... Give me the cracker. If we just take it like it's like, oh, we do remember you, Jesus. We remember you today for five minutes. And then do we forget when we walk out the door 
Do we forget when the first problem comes our way? Do we forget when we want to do something that we know is sin? It's not about that. It's not an act. It's a supernatural event. When we partake, we partake of Jesus. He comes into us, into our being, into our soul, into our spirit, and into our DNA. He becomes in us. We become one, like we heard last week. It's the marriage supper of the Lamb. And guess what? What happened in the marriage supper of the Lamb? I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to say it. Everybody was too busy to come. They were too busy. When, when the owners of the land sent out the invitations to all the important people, that's the church. And he said, come to the marriage. And they said, oh, well, we can't because we got to do our fields. <laughs> I would say, we have to plant our garden. <laughs> but that was their living. That was their business. Business, B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S, is busyness, B-U-S-Y-N-E-S-S. <laughs> they had to do their busyness. And how, how often are we like that when we come to communion because we don't get it. We have to pray as we, uh, the girls and I had a Bible study yesterday at Kizzy's. And one of the things that the verses we read is that the spirit of God will enlighten it to us by faith. So we have to pray, Holy Spirit, come and enlighten us to this miracle, this supernatural event that we're going to do right now together. We're going to participate. We're going to partake, and we're going to practice the presence of God. We are going to drink the blood, and we're going to eat the body, and miracles will come if we have faith. And we believe in God's word. Do you believe in God's word? Do you believe? Ask yourself that. That's what we should ask ourselves before we partake. And say, as it says in the word, Lord, help my unbelief. He knows. <laughs> he knows. He created us. We're human. And he knows that even when we want to have faith, sometimes we don't. As Paul said, when he wanted to do something good, he would end up doing something bad. It's our human nature, but Jesus died for that. And he rose again for it. And he gave us the message of koinonia, communion with him, being one with the Lord. So Lord, this morning we pray in Jesus' name that by your Holy Spirit, Father, you would come upon us, you would come upon us, you would rise up in our spirit, man, 
to know the miracle of communion, to know the miracle of partaking. Only by your Holy Spirit can we know. Only by your Holy Spirit can we have the faith to believe that, Lord, you've given us this act, breaking the bread and drinking the wine so that we could have protection, so that we could have your power in us. And so this day we come to you, Jesus. We come to you and we thank you for the body. Let's hold it up in our hands. Let's hold it up. We thank you for the body of Jesus, the brokenness of Jesus, that we would be healed. Your body broken for our brokenness. Thank you, Jesus. There is none like you. Let's break the bread and remember him and partake. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come upon us, O Lord, in power and might, in healing by the body of Jesus. We proclaim healing, God, as your body enters our body, and the power of healing comes into this room, into this place. We proclaim healing as we partake of your body for those who are broken this morning. We pray for the sick, that they would be healed. We pray for those captive in their spirit, that they would be set free. Father, open the eyes of the blind. Lord, we pray for your healing power to come up and out of us, even as we would touch people, even as we would speak their name, even as we would pray a scripture over them, that they would be healed in the name of Jesus. And we receive your healing this morning by the body given for us, broken for us, for our healing. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for what you did. And then we take the cup. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the power in the blood. Thank you, Jesus, that you said, you told us that we must drink this. We must drink this new covenant for the forgiveness of our sin. And so, Lord, we partake together this morning. We praise you. We thank you for forgiveness. And, Lord, this morning I think of, Lord, the scripture, Lord, as you forgive us, Lord, that we would forgive those who need forgiveness, that we would offer forgiveness, that we would walk in your forgiveness, Lord. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. 
that washes us pure as snow. Let's partake. So Lord, we go forward this day and we praise you for your promises are true and amen. And as you promise, Lord, as we partake by faith that you will raise us up on the last day, hallelujah, and together as this body of Christ, Lord, we wait for your return. We wait for your return, Lord Jesus. Help us to be ready. Help us to be faithful. Lord, pour yourself into us this morning. And we thank you and praise you for your message of the Holy Communion. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord God, for this day. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Amen. Amen. Father, we just thank you and we praise you for each person here. We pray your anointing and your blessing on their finances as they give into your kingdom, Lord God. Lord, we give cheerfully. We give knowing that we can't outgive you. We give, Lord God, because we just love you. And we know that you are going to bless us and pour out a blessing that's above and beyond what we can ever imagine. And I just thank you for each person here. I thank you for what you're doing in this place. I pray that you would continue to work into our hearts, that you would continue to work in the lives of those that are listening. And Lord God, and in those that are listening, Lord God, and are hearing us online, Lord God, if, if, they've, if, if you were to put it into their hearts, if they were led to give, let Lord God, they would look for the church app for White Horse, Christian ministries, and they would find it there, Lord God, and that you would bless them, Lord God. And I just thank you, Lord, and I just praise you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God is good all the time. Well, this weekend we are celebrating Memorial Day, and we... <clears throat> just want to thank all of our troops that have served our country, all of the families for their lives that they have given for our freedom. I like to thank them and their families for their ultimate sacrifice for us. So we thank you. <clears throat> when I think of Memorial Day, I not only do I think of our soldiers. Wow. AI. Spooky. But when I think of Memorial Day, I can't help also but to think of 
all of the soldiers, not just in, our, in the service in the, that serve our country, but all of the soldiers that are in the kingdom of God, that are serving Jesus, all of the saints, the apostles, who have given us God's word, and they have given their everything for us. If it wasn't for them, this gospel here wouldn't be printed. If it wasn't for their testimonies, and it wasn't for them, God using them, we wouldn't know. Everything that God has put into his word. It was their testimony. It was their obedience that has spread the gospel across the globe. All the martyrs, the saints, that have given their all to reach the lost with the good news. All that they've sacrificed so much and that they're still sacrificing and being martyred today because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? So today, we're going to do something a little different. Today, I've written down here, the apostles, and how they've died, and what they've given. <clears throat> Peter, the Apostle Peter, he died in Rome, Italy, under the Emperor of Nero, around 54 to 56 A.D. Peter was crucified for the gospel upside down because he didn't feel worthy to die like Jesus. Andrew, the apostle, he died in Odessa, Greece. They're not sure of the year, but he was severely scourged, tied by ropes on an X-shaped cross where he hung there for two days until he died. James, he died under King Herod. In Jerusalem, James was the first apostle to be martyred. James was beheaded by the sword. John, we know the apostle John, who wrote the book of John and 1st and 2nd John in the book of Revelation. John was thrown into a pit of boiling oil. But he still lived. They think John died around 98 AD while banished on Patmos. They think John died of natural causes. But let me tell you, there's a teaching out there saying that John might still be alive. 
that Jesus is keeping John alive for these end days. And it's because of what Jesus said about John. And what did Jesus say about John? You can look in the book of John, on John chapter 21, verse 22. It says, Jesus answered, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is it to you? You must follow me. That would put John to be the oldest man to ever have walked the earth. Older than Methuselah, who lived to be 965 years old. If John is still alive, he would be over 2,000 plus years old. We don't know. It's a mystery. They think he died of natural causes, but they're not sure. Philip. The Apostle Philip died in Syria. He was crucified. Bartholomew, he died in India under Armenia or in Armenia, India or Armenia. He was beaten, flayed, and crucified head down also like Peter. Thomas, you know doubting Thomas? Who said that he wouldn't believe that Jesus rose from the dead unless he put his hands on the wounds of Jesus and into his side? Thomas also died in Greece in Edessa. He was lanced by an idolatrous priest and then he was burned in an oven. James, it said that James died around AD, uh, 66 A.D. in Jerusalem. James was thrown down off of the temple tower. But he didn't die when he was thrown off the temple tower. So they went down and they flogged him and clubbed him to death at the ripe old age of 94. Still preaching the good news at 94. Amazing. Matthew, he died in Ethiopia. It says that Matthew, who if you ever seen The Chosen, I love the character in there, Matthew. Matthew died a terrible death. He was axed to death. Around 60 A.D., and then there's Paul, the Apostle Paul, who was Saul, who went around persecuting the Christians. And then he got converted on the road to Damascus, remember? And then his name was changed from Saul to Paul. They say that Paul was probably beheaded in Rome, but they're not quite sure about Paul's death. But they believe that he was beheaded in Rome and died as a martyr for his faith. Which his death was perhaps part of the executions of the Christians ordered by the Roman Empire, Nero, 
following the great fire that the city of Rome had in A.D. 64, I believe. They have 64 CE, which that had to be in Romans. I cannot help think of all these brave men who have fought a war themselves. They have fought a war themselves to bring us the good news. Because of what Jesus has done, the world will never be the same. Because of what Jesus has done and the teaching that he had and, and, and the impartation that he had into these men and these apostles, they too gave their lives for the good news, for the faith that they had in Jesus Christ. They too also looked beyond the worldly circumstances and looked beyond their worldly lives into the eternal life, the heavenly realm. They knew because of what Jesus has done that they too would live with Jesus, that they too had the hope in their heart that they would rise again with Christ in these last days. And they were not ashamed of the gospel, not even unto death. The good news of Christ is still being preached today because of a lot of what these men have gone through and have done for us, for the whole world. And because of their testimony of Jesus and because of what Jesus has done, the good news is being preached and people are still facing persecution to this day. Do you know in 2017, the center of the study of, the, of global Christianity reported that thousands of Christians have been killed in Boko Haram in Nigeria by Al-Shabaab in East Africa, or Al-Shabaab in East Africa. And it said that over 900,000 Christians were martyred in that last decade. 900,000 Christians were martyred in the last decade. Do you know that Christianity is the most persecuted religion on the face of this earth? We are the most persecuted people alive. Do you know, and that was five years ago when this statistics came out. Do you know that by the time I am done, by the time we're done with this service, that 20 Christians would have been persecuted and martyred. They say that there's, every six minutes, a Christian is being persecuted or martyred. Every six minutes. So you think about it. There's 60 minutes in an hour. So that's 10 Christians per hour are being killed because of their faith. 20 people have lost their lives in the time that it's taken us to have worship and preach this message 
and share this message. 20. When I think of Memorial Day, I do think of all of our soldiers that have given their lives. Don't get me wrong. I think of the soldiers that have given their lives for our country, for our freedoms. I think of the ultimate sacrifice they have. I also think and honor the soldiers who serve Jesus Christ in spreading the good news of Jesus across the world and to the lost. Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Sorry, Joe, I didn't give this to Grace. But Paul was telling Timothy this. He's encouraging Timothy. He's like, Timothy, endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth <clears throat> I can't read my own writing. <laughs> oh, I got it now. No man that warreth entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. You and me are soldiers in the kingdom of heaven. You and me are soldiers. And we're fortunate that we have not had to partake in this type of persecution that these apostles have before us. But I want to tell you, there will be a time coming where persecution will be coming to all Christians, to all who believe in the good news of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us it's coming. My question to you is, are you ready? Are you prepared to stand your ground like a good soldier? To not give up, to never surrender on the good news of Jesus. To never waver in our faith. To hold on even until death because we know that our reward is in heaven. Thousands, millions, if not billions have gone before us. They say that a third of the globe is, a third of the globe's religion is Christianity. Back in 2017, that was like two or three billion people. Two point something to three billion people. I would like to know the statistics today because there's been many that have fallen away. And I believe there's many more persecutions that we're not hearing of. But we are soldiers. And as Paul was to encourage Timothy, I encourage you. Do not get caught up or entangled in the ways of this world. That it pulls you away from Christ. You're a soldier. You know, my wife and I, we talked a little bit about this this morning. 
A soldier in Christ has a different thinking. Or even a soldier in the military has to think differently. There's a point in time when his mind clicks and he thinks, I cannot get caught up in civilian affairs because I am no longer a civilian. I am a soldier. Us, we too, cannot be caught up in civilian affairs. We are soldiers in the kingdom of God. And when we start thinking that way, soldiers in the kingdom of God, and we start living that way, then I think we will start impacting our world in many different ways and forms than we can ever imagine. Because it will no longer be living for the ways of the world, because we'll be living for the ways of the kingdom of heaven. Amen? So we are soldiers, God's soldiers. And you have an armor to put on, that God gives us to do the battling and the fighting. And we don't wage war like the world wages war. We are in a war, believe it or not, but we are in a war. Our faith is being attacked. Our belief in Christ is being attacked every day. You are being attacked every day by the enemy in some way, form, or another. We have to believe we're soldiers. We have to live like soldiers. We have to put the armor on every day. Every day is a new battle. Every day there's a new battlefront. Every day the battle wages on. It's the same battle. It's different tactics. We're fighting the same war. It's the same old war of good versus evil, but the, the different battlefield. And we have to be aware of that. Amen? Amen? So, Father, I just thank you and I praise you for this day. I thank you, Lord God, and praise you for all of the soldiers that have gone on before us, that have fought the good fight to the last breath, that have never given up or surrendered their faith. Lord God, that, that have pushed forward even in the, in the face of adversity. When they think all hope is lost, there's never lost hope for us because our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in eternity with Jesus, with his Father, with the King of kings and the Lord of lords in heaven. That's where our hope is. And I just thank you, Lord, and I praise you for this day. I pray for all those men and women that have given their lives for our country and for the freedoms we have. I thank you and praise you for all the men and women that have given their lives for the spreading of the gospel. And I just pray that you would bless us today. Bless us and as we remember them. In Jesus' name, amen.